Hi, I'm Roz, and thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. The new reality of daily online meetings and webinars have created a new kind of stress that I refer to as CF, communication fatigue. I've no doubt your calendar is probably filled with back-to-back meetings with probably very little time to take a break. For so many of us working from our homes, our personal lives and work are probably blurring together. I wonder if you're like me wondering if work-life balance will ever return. Whether you believe this is the new normal or not, I describe these times as a journey in uncharted waters. We hope we're swimming in the right direction. But given that we don't know what tomorrow will bring, we need to keep our eyes open. We have to be mindful of what's taking place in the present. By that, I believe we need to carve out our time to reflect on how are we showing up in our virtual meetings? And most important, what kind of an experience we're creating for our customers and our colleagues? I had a very interesting dialogue with one of my clients a couple of days ago who remarked that I'd become much more approachable in my workshop since COVID-19, which for me was a huge compliment. And it caused me to reflect back at the beginning when I was experiencing you know, new ways of communicating content to my participants And I remember thinking that I wanted to get to the point right away. I didn't have a lot of time. But the truth was, I didn't take enough time to engage them, to welcome them into my world. So lessons learned. And as I look back over the last nine months, when the world turned virtual, I have been gifted with so many lessons, as I'm sure you have. This podcast on keeping people engaged is my way of thanking my customers for their loyalty, but also to share some new and proven best practices that will set you up for success in 2021. Now, whether you're hosting a meeting, whether you're a participant, you want to manage the impressions you're delivering to others. You're going to need to prepare for your virtual meetings differently if you wish to make a greater impact. On this episode of my podcast, I'm joined once again by Steve Prentice, an expert in business technology and workplace behavior. And together, we're going to interview each other. We're going to identify some of the best practices you can employ to project virtual presence and keep people engaged. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Let me know what you think. Now, Steve, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, it's always a pleasure to work with you, Roz. Let me begin by first saying that it feels like a decade ago that we were in front of people and conducting meetings and going for a walk and going to the water cooler and chatting. So it's really confusing times for all of us. And I I don't say this is a new normal. I don't say this is a next normal. I say this is abnormal. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't believe anybody knows. However, your ability to read the room, it's going to require skills that we may not have had to develop before. So one of the things I like to say to people is be really curious. Now, I'm sure you remember this saying, you know, curiosity killed the cat, which is kind of depressing. But in the virtual world, if you're not paying attention, it's going to come back to bite you. 
And now this sounds very dramatic, but the truth is you have to pay attention. You've got to let your instincts kick in because the key ingredient right now, I feel Steve to success in the digital world is our ability to stay present. And that's expanding to be genuinely curious and attentive. In my experience, getting that sense of curiosity and attentiveness relies a lot on the three-dimensionality of the room, you know, just the physical presence of being together. So what can you do to get that happening when I'm looking through a screen and a camera? The biggest challenge, I'm sure for all of us, is our minds wander after, I believe, about two or three minutes, especially if you're not being engaged. And it's very important to understand you can't manage others if you don't first manage yourself. The screen does not lie and it exaggerates bad signals like not making eye contact or looking like you're multitasking. So to read the room, you've got to look for the same things you look for in the face-to-face gathering. But the only difference is that instead of body language, you've got to tune in more to the tone of voice, eye contact. One of the things I like to talk about is how do you listen? And you've got to learn to listen a little bit differently. I say turn the volume up. I mean, literally. Sometimes I do just to make sure that I stay present. But in another way, listen to the tone of someone's voice because our our voices send out messaging, the mood that the person's in. Be sensitive to inflection, the strength of the voice, the pace of delivery. In fact, it's really interesting when someone speaks, they're sending out subliminal messaging. They're having even a different conversation than their words. Listen to the pauses. Listen to the silence. These are great clues to help to understand a person's frame of mind, whether you see them on a computer or even on a phone call. So tap into the mental power to listen differently, observe more. Are they anxious, relaxed? Does their voice sound frustrated? You know, get out of yourself. We've got to put ourselves in the shoes of the other person. If you're lucky, maybe you're going to get to see their facial expressions. I look, Steve, for micro expressions. Do you know what I mean by micro expressions? I believe I do, but I'd love to hear what your definition is. I, I jokingly I'm ask someone in my workshop if they don't know what it is. I say, ask me if I like you. And then, of course, they say, well, do you like me? And I get one eyebrow going up or I frown. And then I say, of course, I like you. When you give inconsistent messages, when you say something, but you're nonverbal, it takes totally away from the credibility because it says it sends a different message. So we have to be really mindful. Are we hearing the words and is it being reflective in the facial expressions? If there's a disconnect, you got to stop and say to the person, I just want to understand a little bit more. Could you share? Get them to talk so you can see what they're thinking or feeling. Uh, and don't as make assumptions about someone's behavior just because of micro expressions. As I go back to what my theme is, be genuinely curious. What you're giving me here is a great list of techniques for observing tone of voice, as you said, and micro expressions. But what if the people don't know how to do this? My experience has been that a lot of people will sit at the computer and just stare either at you or just down to where they see you on your screen. And very few of them know how to behave. In fact, there's quite a few who actually turn their cameras off because they're so self-conscious. So do you think as part of this, as a symbiotic, as a two-way relationship, that there should be more effort put into training people how to attend an online course so they can actually express their emotions and their reactions and know they have the permission to do that? 
Absolutely. I believe that right now, the better you can showcase yourself on screen, the more successful you'll be as a communicator. We didn't know this from before. It's not something that's in our DNA. We weren't brought up in university to learn how to have more on-camera screen unless you wanted to be an announcer on television. I would say it's about committing to making yourself your best self on camera. Yesterday, it was interesting. I was talking to someone and I asked at the end, do you mind if I give you some tips? And she said, sure. I gave her some ideas about how she could be better lit, about how she could take up a little bit more space, about how she could pause as she was a quick talker. And she said, oh, thanks, Roz. I didn't know this. I said, why would you know it? So it's so important, Steve, to get the training. Absolutely. I wanted to add something as well, that training is essential, committing to be your best self, but it's also how do people experience you? Are you touching into, you know, connecting with people? Are you making that a priority? Just speaking, reciting your ideas is not the way today to have influence. Also, choosing the right vocabulary. Are you very direct kind of person? Well, that in a Zoom meeting is going to come across very aggressive. It could be intimidating. So the tone of your voice, but the words that you choose, your style of communication. Are you using positive words? The terminology that you share with people could make others feel very low or you could lift them up. It's very important in these times to really think about what can you do to really give off the right impression, to be the optimist, to look at the future as opportunities, not deterrence from success with all the changes. I've noticed that a lot of times, again, people will take a very passive role. As you have already said, we may need to train them on how to understand everything that you're saying here, that this is a new media, a new medium that uh, they need to participate in more fully. Many participants do not ever feel they have the right to interrupt. There's this notion that they're almost watching TV and they don't want to speak up and step over your words. And as you know, because of the way that the communication works, there always causes that difficult pause when people actually try to talk over each other. I've always tried to help them understand that if they want to speak, you know, they can actually put up their actual hand. I can see it on camera even better than the keyboard feature. Put up your hand to talk like you would in class. But I've also noticed a great willingness, an automatic willingness amongst people to use emojis, thumbs up, signs and so forth in the chat window to keep that quiet communication going. I love what you just said. When I see them and they give me a thumbs up, I tell them, especially when I'm facilitating a training program, I I say, you know what? I feel so cared for. Thank you. It's very encouraging, Steve, to show that you're present And in addition to that, writing notes in chat, what I really encourage people in my meetings is talk to each other. You may not want to have your voice heard, but you could still have it heard through the words that you're sharing with others. Oh, absolutely. And this, again, goes back, I think, to the three-dimensional sense of a classroom. You know, in a classroom, if I'm a participant sitting there listening to you speak, there may be a moment that I want to look across to my colleague and, again, micro-expression to say, yeah, I understand that. Yes, I agree. Yes, that's a good idea. Or, you know, what is she talking about? Some sort of body language message, which is being stripped away from this medium. So absolutely, whether it's texting directly through the chat window 
or even perhaps offering a back channel, giving the participants an opportunity to have a separate channel out of the view of the instructor so they can have that kind of communication. To me personally, I would love to encourage anything that replaces the three-dimensional space that is missing from any room environment to regenerate that body language in this very passive screen-based approach. That's just my personal opinion, so I'm not sure. Do you like the idea of a back channel that's out of your sight? You know, it's a catch-22. On one hand, I'd like people to follow other people's train of thought. I feel if you can be transparent and be able to share publicly, it really helps everyone to be on the same page. On the other hand, there's value in having your own personal dialogue. What I encourage now is breakout rooms. I use Zoom a lot, and I love Zoom breakout rooms. My concern about that is you could have a personal conversation, but I also encourage people to show up on camera. Because if you're in a breakout and you're not showing yourself, it's assuming that you're not really participating. But that's a good place where you can have that personal conversation as well. This is a new skill. I mean, being on camera like this, or at least a video conference is a new skill. And I think we have to break away from this passive notion that you're just watching a video being delivered live. So do you have any examples of anybody who's really breaking new strides in demonstrating how to fully maximize the presence of being together in a virtual chat. I had the privilege of working for Coherent this week, and Roger Quinlan, the Senior Vice President of Global Sales and Services, brought me in to talk about virtual rapport with his team. And it was so fascinating, Steve, the way in which he opened up the meeting. And it was, to me, so uplifting. It was so positive. Everything that he said about the potential of the future and that he wanted to have his people be the best they could be, to be able to provide them with training to enrich the way in which they communicate. You could see the faces light up. So how you start off a meeting is so important. He, to me, exemplifies a new kind of leader, the morale uplifter, which whether you have a leadership role or not, we have to be mindful of what's the impression we're, we're making to others? What, what are the words we're choosing? How do we create an experience where people want to be in our meetings? You're talking about uplifting and you're talking about really getting people engaged and focused. So Do you find that it is overall a challenge? Obviously, he is making some new strides in doing this because there is a need for this. So uh, why is it that it's so challenging generally to keep people focused when you're giving video-based presentations? That would be a million-dollar question. I'm going to try to answer it as best I can. The, the good news is it's everybody's challenge, so we all have something in common, which brings people together. It's so natural for people to zone out during virtual meetings, whether it's kids, background noise, or just the sheer challenge of staying in the present and not thinking about what do you have to do next. People are being booked back to back with meetings. They don't even have a chance to breathe. I was doing some research and I found out there's a phenomenon called Ringelmann effect. It's the tendency for individual members of a group to become increasingly less productive as the size of the group increases. This was discovered by French engineer Maximilian Ringelmann. 
and this goes back to the 1800s. He conducted an experiment asking a group of people to individually and together pull on a rope. He discovered that when people worked alone, they put more effort into pulling on the rope compared to when they were doing it together as a team, he found that the larger the team, the less each member felt responsible to give enough effort to ensure success. So this effect is amplified during virtual meetings. For example, if you're in a large meeting and you're not facilitating, the less you feel needed, the less you will be involved, the more likely you will be distracted. So Steve, this results in less participation. If it's your meeting, you're going to need to make sure that everybody feels recognized so that you create that intimate feeling amongst everybody. And it's not easy. So it's why I'm developing workshops to address this challenge. But there are strategies you can begin to implement. The big difference here is in the past, people would be in a meeting room or an auditorium, which by the nature of its architecture delivers a sense of focus because you're in there for that event. But now with these virtual meetings, people are tuning in mostly at this point from their homes. And this is likely to continue uh, even when we get back to the new normal or the new abnormal. So if you have people who are in an environment where there's lots of domestic distractions, whether it's children or pets or deliveries or just simply, you know, being in your house, how can you facilitate an interactive meeting knowing your audience is in a place that is not designed for that kind of focus? The good news is, is that most people are in the same situation. I believe that we're much more, and I don't even think tolerant, I think we're so much more accepting of the fact that there will be distractions happening to people on your screen and we'll, we just go with it right now. It, it was interesting, yesterday I was delivering a workshop and in one gentleman I could see in his square where his daughter came into the room and I said to him, hey, John, could you introduce your daughter to us? And she was so excited to go in front of the screen. You just have to go with it, flow with it, enjoy the distraction. and Don't make it as if it's, you know, a white elephant in the room. But there are tips on how to be better as a facilitator. The most important thing is to be the kind of person that makes your meetings enjoyable, make them memorable. Think of it as if you're hosting a party. What would you do to prepare for the party? And how would you engage people as if they're guests in your home? Uh, so a couple of things before the meeting, it's things that you could do that would help to set yourself up for success. For example, if you want people to be on the camera, I often send an email saying, hey, I'm hosting this meeting, love to put a face to a name. I'm hoping that you'll be able to come on camera. Now, sometimes it's difficult because they don't have the bandwidth. I know it, we're doing work with people in Asia and it was impossible for them to get on the camera. But for the most part, we're accepting more that we are going to be seen. Whether you check in earlier than the meeting starting and you could see yourself or you use a selfie a mode to see what you look like. I think coming on prepared to know how you look gives greater confidence. If it's a customer facing meeting and you don't know all the people that are going to be there, reach out to your contact to get information on the different people, any advice on how to engage them. I always like to recommend have a list of participants printed out. So in this way, if they say something, I'm going to write down some of their comments so I could go back during the course of the meeting and quote them. It's just about what can you do 
And this is hard because we often don't have enough time during the day to think straight. But where it's an important event, important meeting, you got to put the time and energy. Another suggestion would be if you're hosting a meeting is show up 10 minutes earlier. The reason for that is there's always one or two people that we will take that time to get on. You get to start talking to them. You don't want people to come on a meeting where there's dead silence. That is such a bad way of of beginning a meeting. It is negative. It's like, oh God, how much longer do we have to wait? When you get conversation going, people join in. And that's how you set the stage for an interactive meeting. I've had the opportunity for many years to do online training. But I've learned that if I can get participants to join in in small talk prior to the meeting beginning, I'm going to get a higher level of engagement. There's a lot of takeaways here. Uh, What I have is that people's minds wander after a couple of minutes. To read the room, you have to focus in on vocal tone and listen more closely and watch for micro expressions, being very aware of how you come across, uh, encouraging communication using emojis, uh, I noticed the Ringelman effect on group participation, a lot of conscious awareness that people need to factor into their virtual presence. So do you have any closing thoughts or any advice for people to help them keep their audiences engaged? Of course, Steve. This is a great example of lifelong learning, and we are learning as we go. But I believe most important is not to let the technology take over to the point where we're only conscious of it and not of each other. It's great that we could actually meet like this, but it's important to remember that there are people at the other end, whether they show up on camera or not. It's that people connection that is most valuable. And I believe that when people open their cameras to be seen, they're being vulnerable. We must always remember to show gratitude for people's willingness to participate. Steve, Again, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my podcast and sharing your wisdom with me. Oh, it's a pleasure, Roz. Thank you for inviting me. If you like, you can connect with me at asheroff.com, Instagram, and also on LinkedIn. Listeners can email contact us at asheroff.com as well. If you are interested in customized virtual training in executive presence, communication, leadership, or compelling meetings, please reach out to Kathy with the C at Kathy at Asheroff.com, who will be absolutely delighted to set up a call. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Roz Ashraf. Thank you so much for listening and please stay safe.